picture for you. We're going to activate our holy imagination right now. And so I want you to picture a spout of oil coming from above you, coming from heaven, and it's pouring from heaven onto your head. And this oil, I want you to see the oil. The oil actually has light in it. So I want you to see the reflective, kind of has like a sparkle. It has light in it. So I want you to see that oil flowing from heaven and pouring over your head. And it's pouring over every part of you like it's flowing down over your head, over your ears, over your eyes, over your nose. Like it's flowing over every part of you and you can feel this oil with light flowing over every part of your body. And it doesn't just flow over the outside, but it covers the inside as well. So as it flows over the top of your head, it's actually penetrating into your skull and it's flowing over your brain. It's flowing over the inner parts of your eyes. It's flowing over your, uh, I'm hearing like sinus uh, cavities and it's flowing over your throat and over down into your chest. And if you would just take a deep breath in so that oil penetrates every part of your lungs. Again, that oil has light in it. So anywhere where there is uh, darkness of a diagnosis or disease in your body that you have been told or that you're feeling, allow that oil right now. See that oil washing over that part of you on the inside and on the outside. And just receive that. And I want you, I invite you to say this. Father, I receive your oil over every part of my being. Internally and externally. And now I want you to see this oil as you're standing. I invite you to hold your arms out like this so that your palms are open. And I want you to let God paint a picture right now. Father, paint a picture of that oil dripping off of their fingertips. And God told me years ago that I was an oil thrower. And I was like, okay. And what he was showing me is that everywhere that I go, the oil goes. And the oil in the Bible is representative of the Holy Spirit. So everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit goes. And so what God is wanting us to do is he's wanting us to allow that oil. Can you see it and just feel it dripping off of your fingertips? It's an endless supply. And what's so cool about God is in order to increase in the spiritual realm, you have to give it away. So if you want more, you have to give it away. And what is even more amazing about God is you can't outgive him in any realm. You can't outgive him in praise. You can't outgive him in thankfulness. You can't outgive him in oil. So right now, I want you to ask God, Lord, where do you want me to throw the oil? And it may be in a direction, the north, the south, the east, or the west. He may want you to throw oil back towards kids' church. And I'm going to invite you to do something that is going to seem weird to your natural mind, but to your spirit, it's going to make all the sense in the world. And I want to invite you just to begin to throw oil, just fling it with your fingertips. I know in the natural, you're like, okay, that's weird. In the spirit, it makes all the sense. So speak right now and say, mind, I command you to submit to the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God in me. And just begin to, like, there's times where I feel like God just tells me to do like this. And I'm just flinging oil wherever he wants it to go. Because I'm just spreading the Holy Spirit and I'm spreading the light. There's times where I'll just be walking and just do like this. Because I feel like this everywhere, the Bible says that everywhere that I put my foot, that he gives me that ground. So when I go to the doctor's office with Darren, I I fling oil when we go. Wherever I go, I fling oil. Because that's what I have. And the more I fling, the more I have to give away. So right now, if you want more of God, just start to share your oil. Just spread it. Right where you're standing. You need oil where you're standing. The person in front of you needs oil. So maybe you need to fling some on them. 
You hit him in the back of the head. They'll know you've been flung. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm going to share this with you. We got a testimony. I just want to share with you the amazing things that God is doing. We got a testimony last week that God is working miracles because a situation that the world would say is incurable has been healed. And I know that's not all. So whatever your impossible situation is right now, give oil to it. Just put oil over it right now. Whatever that is, just share the oil to it. Spread. Because, Father, you say that you turn all things to the good for those who love you and are the called according to your purpose. And I declare in the name of Jesus Christ, if your situation isn't good yet, God's not done yet. So, Father, we've just spread your oil over it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We've just give the Holy Spirit permission through our faith to permeate that situation, whatever it is, and to work it for the good, because I am the called according to your purpose. Say that right now. I am the called according to your purpose. And I invite you to say this with me. Today is no ordinary day. Today is not an ordinary church service. Today is a day of the supernatural. Today is a day that I am here for purpose. And I intend to receive everything that God has planned in advance for me today. And when I receive, I receive in abundance. I get more than enough. I have more than enough. And I give away more than I get so that I receive more. And I receive more. And I receive more. And I I thank you, Father, for always overflowing through me. Say that again. I thank you, Father, for always overflowing through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn around to somebody and fling oil at them. Fling some oil at them. Can you guys just let our worship team know how much we appreciate them? Last night, uh, we were in Eaton at the worship. It was just a community worship event, and our worship team was invited to go be a part of that. And I'm telling you what, Everybody that was there was amazing. Like all of the artists that were there were so good. But there's just something about sitting and watching our worship team. I am like, I'm like that proud mom. Those are my kids. (laughs) I want to stand and go, whose worship team is that? They're freaking amazing, right? (laughs) Anyway, you guys, I am uh, thankful to be here today. My name is Lynette. If I've never got to meet you, I'm honored to be one of the team here that gets to uh, instigate chaos here, and I like it. I found out by other people telling me that I am an instigator, and apparently I'm really good at it. I I carry that title with honor. So anyhow, Darren is in uh, Tulsa this morning with Riata, and for those of you that remember, how many of you were here for Chip Brim? <laughs> You guys remember Chip? They're at Chip's church this morning. So they're missing out on us, but they're enjoying Chip. So anyhow, uh, he took his mom with him to church this morning. So we wish them all of the very best. We want to welcome California in the house. And we also want to welcome everybody watching uh, online. So we're thankful to have you here with us this morning. Um, I, I want to... <laughs> So it was brought up this morning in huddle, actually. And a couple of days ago, I was standing in the living room watching it pour down rain outside, which is unusual here. 
especially as much as we've been getting. So I want to, I want to invite you into asking God, what are you doing? <laughs> and I, and, and if, if you are one, I'm, I'm so not like here to put, you know, heaviness on you or anything like that. But there is a shift that we're seeing in the natural realm. And anything that happens in the natural realm is an overflow of what has already taken place in the spiritual realm. So there is something taking place in the spiritual realm that is causing an overflow of rain in the natural realm. And so when I was standing in the living room the other day, I was looking out the window, watching it just pour. And... I'm going to make a confession. I'm one of those geeks that went and got a uh, um, rain gauge. <laughs> but mine's a super cool one because it has like little lights on it. <laughs> At night. So anyway, I was watching my rain gauge and I was like, man, I'm really glad I got a rain gauge because I just want to know how much rain I'm getting. Why? Because I can. <laughs> anyway, I'm watching it rain and I was asking God, Lord, what are you doing? because this is not normal. And immediately his word came to my mind, this, his promise that says that I will bring rain on your land in its season. And I was like, okay, your season, your season. So there's an overflow. So this must be a season for what once was dry to now be saturated with more than enough. So I want you to ask, that was what, that was what God was showing me as I was standing in my living room watching this rain. And so, but I also invite you to take hold of that. If that's for you, that once was dry is now being saturated. So <clears throat> I'm specifically hearing marriages that if a marriage is dry, if the relationship is dry, that there is an overflow for you right now um, that will uh, bring a saturation of God's very best and his blessing for your marriage. If your relationship, your hearing with him is dry, your hearing with God, you feel is dry, receive the overflow. And when you see the rain, when you see the mud, <laughs> praise God and say, that is, that is a sign of the overflow that's happening in my life right now. So ask him, you ask him, God, what are you, what are you doing with that? And let him show you what he wants to show you. Okay. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not going to be painful today. So change your face. Okay. <laughs> All right. I do enjoy and I like it when you give me feedback. If you know, like if you're with me, you're getting it. You're like, yeah, okay. Yes. Otherwise I keep repeating myself and we'll be here until three o'clock. So if you want to beat the Baptist to the buffet, you're going to need to let me know that you're with me this morning. Okay. There we go. Okay. So the last couple of weeks, Darren was talking about hurry and Burnout. Thank you, because it just left my mind. And he was discussing with us the different tools that we have and the ways that we can overcome that and also the way that that affects our life. And there was a statement that he made during those two messages that <laughs> I was listening. I really was paying attention to everything that he was saying, but I immediately just started writing because I was hearing something from God during that. And it really has it's been something that I've just kept digging into. So anyway, he was talking about being yoked with Jesus and he was quoting a scripture for us out of Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says that all of you who are weary and heavy laden come to me because I am humble and I will give you rest. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you because I will give you rest. So what he was sharing with us was that when we're carrying the yoke that God offers to us through Jesus Christ, through partnership with Jesus Christ, that it's not a burdensome thing. It's not something that is meant to wear you out, which is a conversation or words that used to come out of my mouth. Like we would get home or we would do something. And then I would say, man, I just feel worn out. And God uh, prompted me to not say that anymore. 
because he said, God was like, what are you saying? And I started thinking about it, worn out. I'm worn to the place where I'm out of commission. And God's like, that's not what I've created you for. That's not where I've called you. So um, I told Darren to stop saying that, right? Because I'm the best Holy Spirit that he has in his life. So anyway, no, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so there's just little things that God is bringing to my mind. So Jesus is letting us know that yoking with him is not a heavy thing. Is it going to be always easy? No. Are you always going to feel like it? No. But he's letting us know that yoking with him is the best place that we can be. So one of the things that Darren said was that when two are yoked together, that the weaker benefits from the strength of the stronger one. When two are yoked together, when you yoke two animals together, the weaker animal benefits from the strength and can actually produce more because of the strength and the endurance of the stronger one. So he said this during his message, and I want to jump off right there. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, which if you don't know, it's my favorite because um, it's passionate. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and starting in verse 9, it says this. But he answered me. This is Paul writing. And he says this. But he, God, answered me. My grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. Say his power power is fully expressed expressed through my weakness. He goes on and he says, so I will celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak... I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weaknesses, but delighted. How many of you this week have been like, woohoo, I'm so glad I'm weak. <clears throat> not typically a conversation that we have with ourselves. But Paul writes in verse 10, so I'm defeated. I'm not defeated by my weaknesses, but delighted. For when I feel my weaknesses and endure mistreatment, When I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. My weakness becomes a portal to God's power. And this is where when we are yoked, our weakness is an opportunity for the strength of the one that we are yoked to. When we are yoked to Jesus, any area of my life that is a weakness is an opportunity for the strength of God to flow in abundance through that place. When a husband and wife are walking in covenant in healthy marriage with one another, if the husband has an area of weakness, it is the wife's honor that no one else would know that that man has a weakness there because it's my job to cover that weakness. Any area in my life that I have a weakness, it is Darren's covering that nobody else knows that I'm weak in that area because he covers me. Because we're yoked together in covenant. So when we walk in covenant, the strength of the stronger covers the weakness of the weaker one. There is a scripture in the Bible out of Nehemiah that is very, very popular. And if you've gone to church for hardly any time at all, or you don't even have to be in church, you've probably seen it on a plaque somewhere in Hobby Lobby or something like that, that very simply it's a quote from Nehemiah at the end of a verse that says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. How many of you have seen that in Hobby Lobby or on a refrigerator magnet or whatever, coffee cup, something like that? Uh, many years ago, we were at a conference and it was at the national headquarters of a very large, very well-known worldwide Ministry And our father in the ministry was hosting the conference at this particular uh, headquarters. Well, at these headquarters, they had a cafeteria for all of the people that worked there. And so for lunch, we could go down to the cafeteria and eat. 
And there was a group of probably, oh, I want to say maybe a couple hundred. To, I don't know how many people there. There was, there was a lot of people there. Uh, <clears throat> and the people that worked at the ministry were also there eating lunch. Well, a group of us had gathered together that were all attending the conference together, and we were sitting at a table. We were mostly done eating, and we were all sitting at a table together. There was probably about 10 of us, and we started goofing around and telling stories and telling jokes to each other, and we were entertaining one another and exchanging joy. And before, before too long, we were pretty much the rowdiest table in the cafeteria. And we were laughing. We were having so much fun. And I remember a number of times we were like, shh, you know, we were telling each other to keep it down, to keep it quiet because we're at a minister's conference and we need to at least act like we should be here. So we were trying, you know, but the longer it went on, the louder we got and the more uh, exuberant our laughter became. Well, after a little bit, <laughs> um, a gentleman stood up from across the cafeteria and started walking our direction. Now, this was not just any gentleman. This was my spiritual father's spiritual father. His name was Wayne Myers. Wayne Myers is to Mexico what Billy Graham is to the United States. He was a missionary in Mexico for over 70 years, and uh, he and his wife, Martha, are known all over the world and highly, highly regarded in ministry. And he started walking over to our table, and I thought, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. And I immediately like sunk down in my seat because Wayne Myers was coming over to our table, and uh he came over and he grabbed a folding chair and drug it across the floor so that all of the cafeteria is now looking. And he turned it around and sat it down next to me and sat down in the chair. And I thought, oh my gosh, I must have been the loudest. I'm so sorry, God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> because I knew if I'm in trouble with Wayne, I'm also going to get scolded by my spiritual father which I've always been a child that I didn't really have to be spanked as a kid. You could look at me sternly and I would start crying. So anyway, I'm already wanting to cry and I'm already regretting uh, being loud. And so anyway, Wayne drags his chair over, turns it around and sat down next to me and he puts his elbows on his knees and he leaned forward and he said, I want to be where the joy is. And this table has got more joy than anybody else in this place. So what are you kids talking about? I was like, <laughs> well, Wayne started telling stories and we, I mean, of course we all shut up because Wayne Myers was sitting at our table and I just wanted to hear anything that would come out of Wayne's mouth. And this is a little off the subject, but this is going to sound kind of strange, but I remember looking at his eyes and listening to him and thinking, I wish that there was a way that I could take his eyeballs and look through his eyeballs and see what he's seen. Because I'm sitting next to a man that miracles have flowed through for almost 70 years that has dedicated his life to sacrificing and serving the Lord. And it was just such an honor to be in his presence. But he drug a chair across the cafeteria to come sit next to me because of the joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. That word joy in the Hebrew very simply translates as gladness. And then the word strength in the Hebrew translates as a rock, a place of protection, a fortress, a covering. But when you dig deeper into that word joy in the Hebrew, the root of that word, the core of that word actually means to be joined. So the scripture actually reads that the joining with the Lord is my fortress and my rock, my protection and my place of strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So when we join ourselves with God, the strength of the stronger one 
gives strength to the weaker one. When you're yoked with him, nobody will know your area of weakness because his strength covers your weakness. The joy of the Lord is my strength. But here's the thing is that the enemy, the deceiver, is well aware of that truth, probably more deep than we are oftentimes. So the very place that the enemy is going to seek to attach itself and to bring deception to you is in the place of joy in your life. Because the enemy knows that if he can attack your joy, he can attack your strength. But here's what is, here's what, here's what really gets me is that the enemy will attack that joy, attack that yoke that we are connected to the heavenly father with, and he will do it by offering his yoke. It's the same thing that he did to Eve in the garden. Is he says, if you eat this fruit, you will be like God. Uh, she already was like God. She was made in his likeness and in his image. So the very thing that was given to her as a truth to stand on in her identity is the very place that the enemy came to attack. The very place that would bring her the greatest joy and the greatest fulfillment in her identity is that I am created in the image and the likeness of God is the very place that the enemy would come to bring a lie to her to offer his yoke. It was a deception. The The game plan hasn't changed. There's nothing new under the sun. The enemy doesn't come up with new stuff. It's just the same old thing packaged in a different package. But it's the same pile of crap. Just with a bow wrapped on it. In different colors. In different seasons. But here's the kicker. When the enemy offers you his yoke... Who's the weaker? When you yoke with him, he's the weaker. He has no strength other than what you give him. So in that situation, when the enemy comes to offer me his yoke and I buy it by thinking to myself, well, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified for this. I can't do this. Or nobody there wants me there. Nobody there likes me. Those people don't even serve donuts anymore. The enemy is offering up his yoke. So the very strength of the stronger one, which is you, now the enemy is using because he's the weaker. So he sucks the strength of the stronger to make you submit to him. That's a pretty good plan. The weaker benefits from the strength of the stronger. When you yoke with the enemy, he's the weaker and he benefits from your strength because he's already been defeated. All power and dominion has already been taken away from him and he is under the feet of the one that we are supposed to be joined to. And now here, catch this. You can be completely kicking it, say in the area of finances. You have finances kicked. You are cruising with God. You know how to manage your money well. You have more than enough. You are blessed to be a blessing. And you are really yoked up with God in the area of finances. Yet in the area of communication and dealing with other people, you suck. So we can pick up different yokes in different areas of our life. Does it mean I'm not saved? No, that's not what it means. But what it means is I'm not enjoying and walking in the fullness of what salvation has given to me by being yoked with the one who died to give that to me. So I pick up a yoke that the enemy offers to me. And when I pick up that yoke, the more I struggle and the more power I feel like that has over me, whether it be an addiction, whether it be a mindset that I'm carrying, whether it be whatever the deception is, the more strength I feel like that thing has. You know that it's like Paul said, the thing that I will not to do, I keep doing The strength that that thing that you will not to do isn't the strength of the enemy. It's the strength that you have that's been sucked out. 
ahead of you and turned back around to use against you. That is why, have you ever met an addict that you feel like, my gosh, how many times has this come out of my mouth? If that person got saved, they would make the most amazing Christian. Okay, let me just ask you this. Who wouldn't make an amazing Christian? That I, that came out of my mouth one day, and I'm like, okay, who wouldn't make an amazing Christian? Okay, but anyway, I have met so many people who struggle with addiction in one place or another that are actively <laughs> engaging in the addiction. And man, I think the passion, the um charisma oftentimes are very charismatic they have this personality it's like a magnetic personality that no matter how bad they screw up you just can't help but root for them because they just have the best personality and they just draw you in you know why that is because all of the strength and the power that that addiction is using against them is all the strength and the power that god has given to them to be leveraged for the kingdom that's why That's why it's so um, deceiving. Because the thing that you fight against the hardest is the strength that the enemy is using to try to come against you with the strength that you were supposed to have to advance for God's best in your life. So whatever that thing is, whatever the thing is that's coming against you, whatever the lie is, whatever the situation is, whatever the circumstance is, the more powerful you feel like that is, is the more demonstration of the power that you were intended to walk in, that you were intended to have, and that God wants to leverage through you and your life when you walk in the yoke that he has given you to walk in because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So it's not shame. It's not guilt. It's not condemnation. That's further feeding the deception and the lie of the enemy It's very simply recognizing I'm yoked with the wrong thing. And God doesn't look at you and go, you stupid, ignorant child. He looks at you and goes, hey, congratulations. Now pick up the right one and let's go. Very simply. God does not shame. God does not use shame as a tactic of parenthood. He's a better father than that. I'll save that for next week. Um, so how do you know if you're carrying God's yoke or the enemy's yoke? It's very clear by the words that you speak to yourself. It'll come out your mouth too, but think about the words that you speak to yourself. What is your self-talk? The words that you speak to yourself, the thoughts that rehearse over and over in your mind, the things that you say to yourself when nobody else is around, that will show you whose yoke you're carrying. Because the words that you speak to yourself will reveal who you joined yourself to. So if you're speaking to yourself, if your self-talk is talk of frustration, if your talk is burnout, like what Darren has been talking to us about, if it is depletion, if your self-talk is insecurity and depression, if it's weakness, if your self-talk is the the weakness of vulnerability, if your self-talk is about disqualification, if it's isolation, if it's loneliness, unworthiness, all the nesses, those are all from the yoke of the enemy. It's all from the yoke of deception. So that lets you know, I'm carrying the wrong yoke. I am yoked with the wrong thing. All of those things are the opposite of the meaning of joy. Joy, the yoke of joy, brings us strength, power, safety, promise, and protection. See, the thing of it is, is that both God and the devil need your words, use your words to accomplish their purpose. God and the devil Use your words to accomplish their purpose here on earth. That's why the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1, we're instructed, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. What is prophecy? Prophecy is very simply declaring forth by divine inspiration the will of God. 
It's speaking it forth before the situation occurs. So you're actually creating opportunity with your words. So you're creating opportunity with your words for God and the kingdom of heaven, or you are creating opportunity with your words for the devil and the deceiver who comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. You create it with your words. The most important person that you prophesy to will be yourself. And you prophesy to yourself, whether you know it or not, you are prophesying to yourself all the time, every day. Some of you sitting in here right now think, well, I don't know if I can operate in the gifts of the spirit. You do it every day. You're prophesying something to yourself all the time. And you're prophesying to yourself, either yoked with Jesus Christ, who came to give you life and life more abundantly, or you are prophesying to yourself, yoked to the deceiver who's only come to steal from you because he wants what you have. Access to God. He wants your words and he wants to create through your words. So when you look in the mirror and tell yourself, I can't do this anymore. I just, I I can't handle this. I can't do this anymore. Hmm, The enemy's pretty happy to hear that. When you're driving down the road and you're headed into work, you're like, oh, my boss is going to yell at me again today. Today is going to be terrible at work. I hate my job. The enemy's pretty happy to hear that. You create with your words all the time. And the self-talk that goes on in your head, the only thing that the enemy knows is what you speak out of your mouth because the enemy can't read your thoughts, but he can read your actions because what goes on here is going to come out through everything that you do. So the enemy is waiting to watch and to see how you're going to react to certain situations because your reaction to situations lets him know what's going on in your head so that he can partner with the thoughts that you're already speaking to yourself. And then he feeds it. He is pretty good at doing that. See, the thing is, is God is not a legalist, but the devil is. God is not legalistic, but the devil is. So because, because I'm me, (laughs) I saw another ministry do this and I was like, okay, I'm totally doing that. So I got myself, this is just a little counter. It's a little clicker. It's what it, I don't, I don't honestly know why you use one of these in real life, but in my game, I totally know why I use it. So, um, I got one of these and I keep it on my bedstand. So when I get up in the morning, I start talking to myself. And if you don't talk to yourself, you should totally start, but do it in partnering with God. Okay. So I get up in the morning and I say to myself, this is going to be the best day of my week. Today, I am clearly hearing the voice of my father. I don't do anything except what God is doing, and I partner with him well. Today, I am a daughter of the most high God, and I am a daughter of revival. Today, I am a daughter that spreads fire everywhere I go. Today, I am walking in divine health, and every part of my body is functioning perfectly the way that it was made to function in the image and the likeness of God. I will accomplish every good work that God has put me on this earth to accomplish, and I will not leave until it is finished. I don't have to stay here a day longer than when I do complete everything that what God has called me to do. And I just continue to click, click, click. Before I get my first cup of coffee, I like to have at least 50 in. Because I'm talking to myself all the time. I'm telling myself, this is who God says that I am. And I'm telling also everybody around me that wants to listen. And it infuriates the enemy. Infuriates him. And he doesn't like it. So he doesn't hang around. Whatever you talk about is what you're going to see more of. You want to see more crap? Talk about crap. You want to see more um, frustration because of politics and everything that's going on? Talk about frustration with politics. You're going to experience more of it. Whatever you talk about is what you're going to see more of. So what do you want to see more of in your life? Prophecy is a very powerful weapon in changing 
people's beliefs and self-talk in their life. And this gift has been given to us by God through his Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Is prophecy still alive? Yeah, it is. Is the spirit still moving? Yeah, he is. And if you don't believe that, well, then you're not going to be able to leverage it for the kingdom in your life. It doesn't matter whether you believe in gravity or not. It still exists, right? Same. So I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. Um, back in the end of 2019, I think you guys have heard this. Darren even mentioned it a couple weeks ago that, uh, you know, people were, people were saying 2020 is the year of perfect vision and 2020 is, you know, lots of, lots of prophetic declarations coming out about vision and all of that. And I'm not, I'm not discounting any of those or disagreeing with any of that, but I never heard anybody say 2020 will be the year that we're all sent to our own timeout corner. Like never heard that. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. But what, what I was getting was that 2020 was the beginning of the decade of declaration. So it was, God was telling me, this is a long haul thing. This is not a short term deal. We're talking about a 10 year vision. And what I was hearing God say is this is the decade of declaration. What he was pointing out is he's saying, I want to partner with the words that come out of your mouth with more power and more zeal than ever before. So what he was saying as well is he's wanting us to be very aware of the words that are coming out of our mouth because we can't pick and choose. Here's the thing. I can't drive down the road and curse the car in front of me and say, gosh, dog it. I wish that they would just get off the road. Or talk about how stupid someone is or talk about whatever, what, t- t- talking about other people, bad. I can't talk negative talk out of one side of my mouth and then declare healing over someone and expect God to, you know, we'll pick and choose. <laughs> we can't have fresh water and bitter water coming out of the same spring. That's in the Bible. I didn't just make that up. (laughs) We have to decide who we want to be able to partner with our mouth. So if we want God to be able to partner with our mouth, if we want to see more things happen because of what we're speaking, what we're declaring, we have to choose and say, God, I give you my mouth. There's even scripture in the Bible that says that we'll be held accountable for every idle word that comes out of our mouth. That means every word that is not operative for the advancement of the kingdom of God, that we'll be held accountable for that. I told God one day, if you're going to hold me accountable for every word that comes out of my mouth, then I'm asking you to make me aware of it before it comes out my mouth. I felt like that was a fair deal. And he does. Do I always listen? No. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. But God wants us to be aware of the words that we're speaking because he wants to be able to partner with our words to move mountains. The Bible says that if we would speak to the mountain to be cast into the sea, that it would be done for us. The Bible tells us that whatsoever we ask for in prayer, that it would be done for us, that the father in heaven would be glorified. I want whatever I ask for to be done. I don't know if you guys remember, Darren told the story. We were driving to Denver one day and this kid goes blowing by us in the some, what kind of car was it? It was red is all I know. Charger. Challenger. It was fast. And he goes blowing by us on the highway and out of my mouth. I said, that is too much car for that kid. Half a mile down the road, this big old dust, big old cloud on the side of the road. And we're like, what in the world? I thought a farmer was out there with his tractor, like plowing the field, big old dust cloud. Uh, It was that kid had driven through a fence and flipped the car out in the field, upside down in the dirt. When we drove by, the kid was climbing out the side because it was upside down, wheels still spinning, dust still flying everywhere. And Darren looked at me and he goes, you just said that. I want God to be able to use my words. So whenever somebody goes flying by me now, I say, Father, protect them in the name of Jesus. 
it changed my talk, what comes out of my mouth. Now, do I do that with everything? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yes. So I do want to let you know that uh, starting July 2nd, that's a Sunday, every Sunday uh, for six weeks, we're going to be here at the church and we're going to have a prophetic lab. I'm calling it a lab because it is an interactive class. When you go to lab in college, what did you do? You learned and then you put it into practice. So if you're not willing to take a risk, this isn't the place for you. It's the place for people that want to grow because they're going to give away, so they're going to get more. So anyway, it's an interactive lab that we're going to be doing for six weeks, and we're going to learn to partner with God in the prophetic. We're going to learn to grow in the gifts of the Spirit on the inside of us. We're going to have opportunity to practice it, because how are you going to grow in it if you don't practice? So we're going to learn and grow together. But it is going to require risk. It's going to require that you don't worry and uh, have more fear of what you look like than uh, have more fear of not being obedient and encouraging somebody when God tells you to. So you can sign up for that and register. There's more information on the activities desk. So here's what we're going to do. Every one of us has areas that we're partnering with a deceiver. We all do because we're all human and we're all walking out life. All of our experiences have been different. Some of us are partnering with the deceiver because of things that have happened in our past Some of us are partnering with the deceiver because of things that haven't even happened in our past, but they happened in the past of people that we know or our families. So we're expecting that to come on us too. It's kind of the thing of like, well, everybody in my family died before the age of of, uh, 50, so I'm going to too. So you partner with that. Well, nobody in my family ever owned a home, so I'm not ever going to be able to own my own home. So we partner with that. Everybody in my family got divorced, so I'm going to end up divorced one of these days. Nobody ever found the right person to be with, so I don't know if I'll ever find someone. So we partner with that. It's these very subtle little things that are floated to us, and the enemy just floats. He just floats stuff. Just see if we'll partner with it. Well, this happened, so um, it's messed up my entire future. Floats it. Just to see if you'll, just to see if you'll bite. He puts it out there like bait, just to see if you'll take the bait. And again, there's nothing new. The very thing that he comes to lie to you about is the very thing that God wants to advance you in. So if you're fighting a lie, it's because God is wanting to advance you in that area right now. So if you would, I want to invite you to make a few declarations with me. Because this is where when we are speaking, God is partnering with what we're declaring. And you might, you might say to yourself, well, what if, what if I say something, but it's not true? What if I, what if I declare, you know, this is going to be the best day? Well, shouldn't you wait until the end of the day to see if it really is the best day? And then what if it's not the best day? Should you really say that? Because I don't want to be a liar. Because, you know, I'm an authentic person. I'm not a fake. Well, The opportunity to declare something by faith, you don't get to do it by faith when it already is. You have to operate in faith. Faith pleases God. So in order to do something in faith, you have to take a step out and take a risk to do it before it actually comes to pass. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when we declare something, we're declaring, I'm not declaring by faith. I'm at church today. That doesn't take any faith because it already is. So in order to declare by faith, you have to declare something that doesn't exist yet because we declare the things that are not seen. Because the things that are not seen are more real than the things that are seen. Because the things that are seen are subject to change when we begin to declare what is not seen yet. Clear as mud. So when we speak, we don't speak according to what is. We speak according to what God has said is. We're going to talk more about that next week. Learning how to partner with God to call in those things that be not as though they were. So when we do that, we're actually a portal of heaven. And what we're doing is we're giving God our mouth. We're giving God our being to partner with to be a portal of heaven. I can be a portal of heaven or I can be a portal of bad news. If when people see you coming, they turn around and go the other way and like nobody really wants to say to you, hey, how's it going? If people have stopped asking you that, it's because you started telling them and they don't want to hear it anymore. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When 
you walk in joy, people want to be around you. People like being around joy. They don't like being around a Debbie Downer. So let's change it. Let's be a people who are yoked with God, who are joined with him. And because we're joined with him, we're a people who create heaven on earth. Right? So, say this with me. I invite you to say this with me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Wait just a minute. Now, here are the things that God specifically pointed out. This is for you. And again, if you say, well, that's not really true in my life right now. So if I say that, am I, am I not being an authentic person? You are being an authentic person. It's the same as we don't have to wait for, I don't have to wait for the apricot tree out in my yard to produce apricots on it to know that it's an apricot tree. I'm not confused about the identity of the tree because I haven't seen the fruit yet. I call it what it is and the fruit will come. There are a lot of people who are confused about their identity because they're basing their identity on what they feel rather than what they were created to do. Your identity is not based on your feelings. It is based on what you were created to do. And when you begin to yoke with what you were created to do, you will not be confused about your identity anymore. That'll preach. All right. I invite you, if you would like to, if you know right now that you are battling yokes in your life that are not what the Father says about you, let me let me say it this way. Any belief or conclusion that you are carrying that doesn't have joy and hope attached to it is under the influence of a lie. Any belief or conclusion that you are carrying right now that doesn't have hope and joy attached to it is under the influence of a lie. And I'm going to give you the opportunity right now to say, I do not agree with that lie in my life anymore. And right now I choose to break that off. And if you want to do that, I invite you to stand. Because doing that, you are making a declaration of, I am not going to carry the yoke of lies anymore. It's simply a you standing is standing up out of the lie and stepping into the truth. What you just did is a prophetic act. It is you saying, I'm not going to stay in the muck anymore. I'm making a choice to make a move and a decision to step into the truth of what God has for me. Now, I'm going to read these, and I invite you to repeat after any of them that you want to repeat after all of them. If you have your own declaration you want to make, make your own declarations. But this is what God says about you. So if you would like to, repeat these. Say, I'm in a season of breakthrough. Okay, you guys are going to have to say it like you actually mean it, okay? You're not convincing me like that, so you're going to have to be a little more emphatic about it. When you say this, I want you to say it to every lie that has held you back, to every thought that has come to try to derail your destiny. I want you to say this to every person that has said to you that you're not going to amount to anything, to every thought that's come to you to say, I've screwed up every thing. I don't know if I can do that. My past maybe is going to keep me from that. I don't know if I'm qualified for this. I don't know if God could ever use me. This is who you need to speak this to. You need to make this declaration, not so that I hear you, but so that every lie of the enemy hears you and is convinced more than that, that you're not going to settle back into the lie anymore. Now, are we ready? All right. I am in a season of breakthrough. Emotionally, financially, my influence is increasing. I'm significant in what God is doing. I am powerful. We need to say that one again. I am significant in what God is doing. Miracles are released through me. I feel God's love for me. I hear God well. God loves to spend time with me. My words are powerful. I speak to dry bones and they come alive. 
It is easy for me to talk to people about God. It is easy for me to talk to God. I am bold with my faith. I love to take risks in adventures with God. I love to be bold with my faith. I am blessed. My family is blessed. My church is blessed. My city is blessed. My country is blessed. Everything I put my hands to prospers. I am full of the joy of the Lord. Now listen, what else does God want you to declare over your life? What is the lie that the enemy has told you that you've been living under right now? I want you to speak out the truth with your outside voice. Practice. This is a place of practice. This is the lab right now. What is the truth? Speak it out. At least so that you can hear it. The whole room doesn't have to hear it. If you want them to, do it. Begin to speak it out. This is your opportunity. I am healed. I am whole. I am prosperous in my body. Thank you, Father. What is the lie that comes to you? What is here? Here's a, here's another one. I am not influenced by fear. I am so filled with God's perfect love that fear has no authority in my life. I do not have an anxious mind. I do not agree with mind racing. I've been given the mind of Christ. I rest well. I do not have restless nights. I sleep well. I am rested when I wake up in the morning. I have more than enough energy for the day. I was made for this. I was made for this. I am not afraid. I was made for this. I was born for such a time as this. Thank you, Father. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that if there is anyone in this room, if there is anyone listening who has not made the commitment to take hold of the greatest gift that you would ever receive, which is the gift of salvation, that you would say, yes, I choose to walk with Jesus. I choose to say yes to Jesus and I give him my heart. If you have never made that commitment, your mom doing it, your best friend doing it, that's not good enough. There are no grandchildren in the kingdom of God. You have to do it. You have to make that choice. And if you've never knowingly made that commitment for yourself or you made that commitment one time, but just things, life, frustration, disappointments have gotten in the way and you found yourself out in la-la land. And you're like, I, I want to be back connected with God. Uh then make, we're, we're going to do that right now. All it takes, Darren says this all the time. You can take 10,000 steps away from God, but it only takes one to get back to him. And the, uh, the message that I don't know if I can hear God's voice. I don't think I hear God's voice. How many people in here are battling that right now? Raise your hand in the air. There's, that is, see, there's hands everywhere. Look, if you have your hand raised, keep your hand up because I want you to look around. And if you would, if your hand is up, put your hand up high because a lot of times that is something that the enemy uses to cause shame and to make you feel like you're not accepted and you're not connected with God, that he doesn't love you enough to actually speak to you. That is one of the biggest lies from the pit of hell. So if you have your hand raised right now, I want you to take your hand and I want you to put it on your ears. But first, wait, before you do that, keep your hand up in the air. And again, I'm not doing this to shame you. I'm doing this because the things that are kept in the dark, those are the very things that the enemy uses to torment you with. So when we shine light on it, then the enemy can't torment you with it anymore. So that's why I'm asking you to raise your hand. So if you don't have your hand raised, will you look around you and find someone with their hand raised right now? And what I want you to do is I want you to stretch your faith towards them. 
because we're going to pray for them right now and they're going to get a breakthrough. So now if you have your hand raised, I want to ask you just to put your hands on your ears right here. And Father, we thank you right now for the sweet, sweet presence of your voice. We thank you, Father, that your word says to us that your children hear your voice and the voice of a stranger they won't hear. So we break off the voice of the stranger that says that I don't hear God's voice well, that I don't know where he's leading me. I don't know where God is guiding me because I can't hear him. And the voice that says that uh, maybe I've done something wrong, that God is disappointed in me, so... um, He's not speaking to me anymore. That's a lie. The voice that uh, says that the Heavenly Father's disappointed in you, so he stopped talking to you. That's a lie. Boy, and if uh, that's you, the enemy is really afraid of you because that's a really hard, intense accusation to make towards somebody. So... The enemy is afraid of what's going to happen when you have the revelation that you do hear God's voice. So now from your ears, we block that lie and we say we don't listen to that anymore. And now I want to ask you to move your hands and just very simply put them on your gut right here in your belly. Because this is where God communicates to us from is from our gut. So we're not listening with our outside ears anymore. We're listening to the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us different ways. He speaks very, very intimately. He'll speak to you through an impression. He'll speak to you through a feeling. Holy Spirit will speak to you through a vision, things that you see. So right now, in yourself, I want you to speak this to yourself. I hear God well. I will hear God's voice today. I will sense his communication today. And the first thing that God wants to communicate to you is that you are loved. You are loved more than you can possibly imagine. That his love for you, you will not be able to uh, travel the fullness of his love in this lifetime that it's going to take an eternity for you to understand how much God loves you the very first thing he wants to share with you is how much he loves you Father express yourself like only you can And everyone else in the room, just stretch your faith, push your faith towards these people right now. That God would express his communication to them. Maybe you feel something warm on the inside of you. I used to say that it felt like little white butterflies because in Lynette land, they're little white butterflies. Maybe yours are stirrings in your stomach. Maybe it's just a settledness, but it's the still, small voice. We're not looking for firecrackers and explosions if that happens that's awesome but we're looking for that still small voice that comes from the inside that is the comforter it's the guide it's the holy spirit that's on the inside of you and a lot of times we think that it maybe is ourself but it's actually god because it is more one with us than we realize So, Father, thank you for your expression. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for your comfort. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your stirring. Thank you for your impressions, for your leading and your guiding, your clarity. Father, we agree in the name of Jesus that everyone who comes to hear your voice, that they're drawing closer to you and that you draw, you come running to them. And we thank you for that. We thank you for your truth and we declare your truth. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, if you sensed something, you raised your hand to say, I don't know if God is communicating with me. If you know that you sensed something, little, 
or firecrackers. I want you to stick your hand up right now that you know that you sense something. Yes, 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 yes. You did it. That is awesome. That's what the lab is all about. It's just taking a risk and saying, hey, I don't know, but I know I want it because it's so available. It's so available. And that was so easy, right? Now, what you just did, you can do that anywhere, anytime. It's always available to you. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up right now because we just have the most amazing prayer team that they're just here to love on you. They're so powerful. And so if you know that you just heard the voice of God and you just want to practice that, you want that confirmed on the inside of you, come up, but they're also going to be up here. Anything that you need in prayer. If you want to just go ahead and sit for just a couple of minutes. But if right now you're like, I just want somebody to pray for me right now, then come up to the front right now. I'm going to ask Alex to go ahead and come up. Just be seated for just a couple minutes, unless you just can't stand it. You got to come on up. So Alex is coming. <laughs> 